Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. How many of you are thankful for the Lord God Almighty and His love for you? Y'all can do better than that. He loves you. He's seen all that you are and he's seen all that you're not, yet he still chose to put his love on you. Amen, 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 amen. How many of you know he's a good God? Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm glad to be back. Um, amen, glad to be back, glad to be back. Um, thank you for the time, although it was a a bit of a rough spots in it, um, even as now, as many of you know, my wife's uh, back in the hospital. So keep her lifted. Uh, she had a 103 temperature this morning. Other day she had a 98.6 temperature. Some of you are like, why are you here? Um, you know, my wife was like, um, she started working on her story. You know, I think she has a, um, a, a major story to tell of all that she's been through and how God has been carrying her through it. And as soon as she started, she's in the hospital bed um, praying for people um, It's just mind boggling to me um, In her need And she ends up Start working on her story While she's there And um, her temperature went from 99 to 103 And I was like Oh we know what this is And so we just want to keep her lifted up And uh, keep her in prayer She told me to go ahead and preach And um, she said Bae it ain't nothing you can really do here Go ahead um, to the ministry And go ahead and preach And then they may not let us come back no more You take off one more week So they might kick you up out of here, and especially because the way Pastor Kurt preached last Sunday. They told me, <laughs> they told me the house was on fire with just ministry. And that's what you love to hear, because usually when the pastor gone, people be like, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else in Jesus' name. And then with the pastor, but it's good that you can get a word no matter who's up here preaching the word. You want to, that's, that's what it's supposed to be about. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all of my staff. Let's give God a hand praise for my staff, all that they have been doing. And let's give God praise for the volunteers. Um, one of the things I, I love about the volunteers we have here is they're those who are who have their hands to apply in a very um, powerful way. And they even serve when we, you know, we go on the Jersey Shore in Florida and they're here still serving and they take their time. But we want to especially thank our volunteers who do everything to help um, what God has called us to do to keep on going. How about them announcements though? Y'all like them announcements, these announcement videos? Amen. Just some more things just to uh, engage all of our senses as it relates to what God is up to in the ministry. Well, now that you're on your feet, John 15, this is a one-off. Next Sunday is our 13th anniversary, and we are excited about that. And so we'll start a, a new series the Sunday after that. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, John 15, 1 through 8, 1, 2, 3, read.
Amen, amen. I want to tag this text today when God cuts you. Look at somebody and say, family, you ever been cut before? Look at somebody else and say, I know you've been cut by people. But have you ever been cut by God? Amen, amen, amen. Let's go before the Lord, Lord God Almighty. What you do, we can have confidence in. Anything you do in our life, we can have confidence in your heart for us. That's the prayer. Give your people confidence in their hearts of what you're up to in their life. Lord, give somebody encouragement today and bring them out of confusion in their life today. Lord God, give them a sense of purposefulness and a hunger to be better. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust and help us to not just be hearers of the word, deceiving ourselves, but help us to be effectual doers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? When God cuts you. We'll be it throughout this passage a bit, but we'll pay special attention to John 15, 2. Jesus in, is talked about in the Gospels in very, very concentrated and explicit versus implicit ways. All of the Bible talks about Jesus in some way, shape, or form through types and shadows, uh, but, uh, but in the Gospels and in other places, he's, his life is shown very explicitly in a way um, where there are so many dimensions to him that the Gospel writers cast different uh, lights on different aspects of his person and his work. Matthew talks about him as uh, the Messianic king. Mark talks about him as the suffering servant. Luke talks about him as uh, the son of man. But then John talks about him as the son of God. And throughout the book of John, he's showing and purposefully pointing us to the fact that although Jesus is here, he existed before eternity. He wanted us to know that this is not an ordinary human being who came to earth to engage us and die for our sins. This is not merely a human being. It's God in the flesh. And so in looking at this reality of it being God in the flesh and helping us to have clarity, we see that Jesus spends three years. Somebody say three years. Three years discipling his disciples and in a very, very concentrated way, we're in the section called the upper room discourse. And in this section of scripture from John 14 through 17, it is concentrated communication of Jesus summing up his discipleship of his disciples in just a few chapters. So whatever you're getting out of these last things, it's talking about what he's going to do immediately. It's talking about what he's going to do long term, but it also talks about what he wants to do in their life. John 15 focuses on verses one through eight. What God does inside of you. God just doesn't want to work through you. He wants to work in you. The best work that God does in your life is what he does on you and in you. And so we have to recognize that everything in your Christian life isn't built about appearing like everything's okay. 
God wants your Christian life to actually be okay. And when he talks about that, he wants you to, he wants you to, to, to be a lush and robust and, and beastly man or woman of God that, that, that's chiseled daily into the image of Jesus Christ. So this passage here talks about something strange that God does to you. He cuts you. And we're going to talk about that reality. But first, I want to land on this. If you're going to be cut by God, the first thing you must know is that God gives oversight over your journey with Jesus. God gives oversight over your journey with Jesus. Verse one says, I am or ego I me, the true vine. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Somebody say the gardener. It's interesting that Jesus Christ says, Ego I me, which points back to Exodus 3 when he, when God says, uh, when Moses says, who shall I say sent them? He said, in other words, I am. Jesus Christ identifies himself as the one who was standing in the middle of the bush talking to Moses. I'm by myself here. He identifies himself as the great I am. That's why in John chapter 8, when he says before Abraham was, play on words, I am. That means that even though he was, he's gone now, but I still is, just like I is back then. In other words, you may think that's improper grammar, but when you're God, is is what you is. And so it's all, always proper grammar because God never was. He never will be. He just, he doesn't even under, he, he operates in the is. Your future is his is. Your past is his is. He just is who he is. So when you look at this, he then goes and he uses an authoress noun. He, he, he gives this a definite article. He says, I, I, not, not just a definite article, but he also gives it a definitive descriptive adjective that says, I am the true vine. What does that tell you? That there are many vines out there. Now, the question is, why would he say he's the true vine uh, and, and, and try to help us to understand that he's not just one of many? Because a vine is utilized. He's, he's it's probably at night and they got the, 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 their, their torches out and they're walking through a uh, amount uh, 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 of olives or, or uh, olive where, they, where they've been before and, and they got their torches out and Jesus is, they holding the torches behind them, you know, he's touching grapes and he's touching leaves and he brushes his hands across some branches and some vines and then over there you can see the gardener with his torch up looking at and checking out and inspecting the vineyard of grapes. And Jesus turns around in the midst of the darkness and with his, their lanterns on, he says, I am the true vine. And it hits them like a ton of bricks because he's beginning to let them know with very, very clarity is I'm the only source of life for you. See, many of us in our life, you don't recognize that when he says he's the true vine, uh, uh, grapes or uh, 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 fruit have nutrients pumped into it by the vine in order that it may survive. Let me just tell you today, whether you like it or not and whether you know it or not, you can't survive without Jesus Christ. <clears throat> You're trying to survive without Jesus Christ, but many of us are trying to connect ourselves to all kinds of a source. And, and, and the sources keep letting us down, but we keep running our stupid behinds back to stuff that was never meant to be a source for our life. That's why Jesus says, I am the true vine. See if I can make it plain. I remember, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, you want a ball on a budget, you understand? And because I'm a baller on a budget, you understand what else? That's what Financial Peace University teaches you to do. Amen. To ball on a budget. 
And, uh, you know, you go to Ross or, you know, um, um, Burlington Co Factory, you see all of the electronics. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. But we're going to see in this illustration, though. Um, I went to the electronics and I said, oh, man, this cord at the Apple store costs $30. This cord here costs $5.99. Shoot, I'm grabbing the $5.99 cord, ball on the budget. I plug it in, and my phone says, sorry. You have just plugged me into an unauthorized manufacturer. In order to get maximum usage out of me, you have to plug me in to an authorized source. Whenever you plug your life into something it has no business being plugged into, pun intended, let me tell you something, family of God, your body, your spirit says to me, this is an unauthorized place that you have plugged me into and it currently isn't working out. Why do you still have me plugged into him? Why you still have me plugged into her? Why you still have me plugged into that place? Why you have me still plugged into all of these things? If you would just go to the true vine. Plug yourself in to the one who's the true vine who loves you for you. See, you can't love nobody for them until you've seen all of them. (laughs) Jesus Christ calls himself the true vine. But what's interesting is he calls his father the gardener. God the father tends and gives visionary oversight to your sanctification. His goal is to make sure that you look exactly like Jesus Christ. Everything in the momentum of your Christian life is not to look like anybody but Jesus. That means when God posts a picture of you, he doesn't use Photoshop. He doesn't use a filter. He doesn't use an editing program. In other words, when your spirit gets taken a picture of for where it is spiritually, God wants to show the picture of what you actually look like, not what you want to look like. I mean, you, I ain't never get on Snapchat, but people got butterflies doing like this on their head and eyelashes coming here and all of that. I, you know, I ain't never get into all of that because that was a little, this young boy for me, but, 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 but it's so much you can do. You know, to fix yourself up and make yourself up to look like it don't really look. You know, and this is, this is, this is no beat down on anybody. I saw somebody post of themselves a before and after picture before they went to the Mac counter. I had never, I didn't like, I literally did not believe that the person on the left was the person on the right because that makeup artist had ministered to their face so well. I mean, that was a ministry. You understand? But God tells you come to him without the makeup. And then he not only tells you come to him without the makeup, he says, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror. And I want you to see exactly where you are. See, God the Father is the visionary 
of your sanctification. He's the visionary of your direction. He's the visionary of your life. Jesus Christ is the connective source to plug into what God utilizes to be your authentic makeup. <clears throat> but, but, but from there, but from there, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps you to bear fruit because he has the fruit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Yes. So we see God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit working together to make us look good. But we got to be careful, family of God, <clears throat> to be trying to make ourselves look a certain way. We don't look that way, but everybody knows it don't look right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make it plain. So I do go to the barbershop. And... You know, he had the, uh, and, and I love, this is my dude, and he had the Anthony Hamilton beard. Now, if you understand the Anthony Hamilton beard, you got a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, a little, like that. That's Anthony Hamilton beard. <clears throat> That's my boy, though. Him and the Hamiltons, I love him, so I I'm just telling you that I call it the Anthony Hamilton beard. <clears throat> so he gets in the chair, what you want? Do say I wanted to connect here. I'm like, I'm like, so I, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how this island go connect to this island to this continent. So I'm trying to figure that out. The guy combs down his beard, shapes up the little parts, because you know they got that thing that make it look chalky to make it look like something's there that's not. Uh-oh. Then he took this thing out and started blowing black stuff on his face. I said, what the world is going on here? And he shaped it up, money walked out the barber shop. And I, I said, you better pray it don't rain, because if it rain, <laughs> if it rain, he's in trouble. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> if your growth can't survive some rain, So we want real growth. Somebody say real growth. Now I want to show hands. How many of y'all want to grow for real, for real? All right. Well, let's see in a second. We're going to read this next verse and see if God wants. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. We're not going to focus on that today. He prunes, though, every branch that produces fruit so that it would produce more fruit. Stop right there. Somebody say prune. <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. Point number one under this. <laughs> Pruning is painful. Pruning is painful. Yeah. Um, um, whenever the gardener wants his harvest to be bountiful and healthy, he goes into the vineyard and begins to expect, inspect his branches. If he sees fruit on some and no fruit on others, he cuts off the other ones so that they won't get resourced with resources that should be coming to the ones that's bearing fruit. Yeah. 
In other words, in other words, pruning is a cutting away for a greater sense of health. Okay, help me today. See, 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 the problem with many of us family is we misconstrue the pain of pruning for purposeful hatred from God. God, because he's up to your sanctification, he's not mad at taking some stuff from you. There's some unhealthy stuff in your life right now. Everybody got quiet on this part. That God is going to cut away from your life. There's some people in your life that for a long time ain't have no kind of business in your spiritual vicinity. But many of us are so uh, 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 codependent on what they provide as an experience that we can't see beyond what we're getting from them and see to it that it has health. But what God does is he loves you so much. I know this ain't popular. You ain't gotta say amen. But sometimes God will take away from you things that you like. I tell you what, it's nothing like having a baby that's on a pacifier and they love it. I don't know if you ever seen a kid, their pacifier is a part of their life. <laughs> they wake up. First thing they do, wake up. They finish eating, put it in their mouth. It, it, even, if they, even if you, you spank them, they, I know y'all spank me, put them in time out, do it like that, right? But there comes a point where in that season, the pacifier played its role. But if you let them keep the pacifier in their mouth, it's going to cost you and them more later. And so what you have to do is you have to start weaning them off of what they like to train them for what they need. And what happens is, is when you do that, it's painful in the process as a parent to watch your child get frustrated and hear them cry. But because you see the greater good of what you're causing them to come away from what was their security blanket, now you're training them to not let something that's in your mouth be your security blanket, but something greater to be your security. And what God wants to do in your life is some of you are on uh, pacified emotionalism. And God is like, I'm trying to graduate from you from that. And everything that God cuts away from your life isn't always a bad thing. Let me tell you that right now, because what happens is, is many of us think that what we have is all God wants for us. But God wants more than what you have, even if it doesn't look as numerous. We'll talk about this in a minute. As numerous as what you have now, because sometimes less is more for God. We'll talk about that in a minute. But pruning is painful because of what we're attached to in it. I, I don't tell this story much, but I got to tell it because it helps illustrate this. I remember our church went through a tumultuous time 10, 10 years ago, over, a little over 10 years ago now, about 10 years ago, tumultuous time. And I can remember the pain of going through that particular thing. God loves everybody, so we're not dogging anybody, but we're telling a story. And I can remember how painful that season was, and, and, and it was so painful that I couldn't wrap my mind around what God was up to. It was so painful 
And, and some of the stuff, and this, it gets painful when it's personal. Because you ain't felt nothing until somebody talked about you for real, for real. You ain't felt nothing until somebody says some stuff about you that's absolutely not true and people begin thinking about you stuff that's not true because somebody else says something about you and there's nothing that you can do about it. And God had to tell me in that season, when reviled, he didn't revile in return. But entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He said, Eric, shut your mouth. I said, but God, but they're talking about me. He said, if you fight for yourself, I can't fight for you. So, so God was like, guess what I'm going to do? God was like, I'm pruning you right now from the need to defend yourself. And I'm pruning you, number two, from man pleasing. <clears throat> because what I want to do in your life demands that you follow me without human approval. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me today. And see what God has to do in your life is he has to hurt you in some of the darkest places in your life. Sometimes he has to cut you in places that you thought were safe. But on the other side of it all, talked about, slandered, went to my mentors about me. I would go visit other states and people would jam me up that didn't even know me. And God says, shut your mouth. Guess what he cut? He cut my tongue out in the spirit. Because I'm a good arguer. I don't have a JD, but I spiritually think I got one. And God says, I'm going to nullify. If you talk to somebody, I'm going to make sure it gets worse. God said, this is going to go on for about five years. You're going to feel like you're at ground zero. But I'm up to something in you. That's how he works. And I thought, I felt like, you, you haven't been pruned until you felt like walking away. You said, if it takes all of this to walk with you, God, I can just, I can just go work at, at Giants. I'll be all right. But, 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 the, but the spirit man in you won't let you settle for less than what God has for you. And what you have to set yourself up to do is say, God, no matter what you bring my way, no matter what you got to cut out of my life, I'm going to stand flat-footed and I'm going to walk with you, God. I'm going to live with you, God. Cut it away, God. Cut it away. Somebody say, cut it away. Yeah, he's cutting some stuff away from you. He's cutting some brokenness away from you. He's cutting some past relationships from you. He's, cu he's cutting away some mindsets that you had that you shouldn't have had in the first place. He's cutting away some brokenness in your... He's cutting... He's cutting you. It's important for you to recognize and not misinterpret the cutting for nothing happening in your life. Oh my God. Because cutting is the most beautiful thing. When he said he pruned it that it may bear fruit, bear more fruit. I don't know if you ever went to the grocery store because number two is pruning is productive. Um, I don't know if you ever went to the grocery store and you, and you touch one of them grapes. You know one of them fat grapes? Joint, you, it, it, it's not smushy, it's firm. And you go, yak, yeah, pop. 
like, I think I'll buy that bunch, right? Even though you stole, right? <laughs> but you ever see one of them little itty bitty Jones? Look like a Skittle. You're like, why is this, how's a, I know a grape was this ever this size. But what happened is, that grape didn't get pruned. Because what they do, what the, what, the, what the gardener does, is the first level of growth is not all the growth potential that's in there. So to maximize the growth potential of this branch, he has to pull the first layer of fruit off in order that more nutrients will pump into, from the vine into the branch in order to make those big, fat, lushy, juicy grapes that we like. Listen, some of us, listen, the person here isn't a fruitless person. That's what's confusing about the text. It's not that the person doesn't have fruit. It's the issue is that this is not all the fruit that you're supposed to bear. And so when God takes something away from you, be careful of being transient. Okay. Let me see if I can make this plain. See, many of us, we think God is done with where we are because he took something away from us. And so what we'll do is we'll look for another opportunity. But that's not it. It's that God is saying, I'm taking this away, but you have to stay in this branch of the vineyard of your life where I'm working in order to maximize the plumpness of what I've called you to do. I can take you to some seasons in my life where I was in a cubicle, in a, in a trailer doing ministry. And didn't know why in the world I was up in that trailer. I was like, this ain't what I imagined. When I got called, I'm in a trailer, I, I, I'm going up doing this, that's that, and the third. And God was like, remain on the vine. He's like, remain here. Some stuff was stripped away from me. I had a season where I was, where I was, um, um, where I was a professor. I was 27 years old, professor in the university. You know what I'm saying? You know, I had my little degrees and all of that. And you know, I was assistant pastor. I'm doing funeral. I'm in the life. And God said, it's time out for this. And I was like, he said, you need to go take care of your wife. She's getting sicker. You need to quit this job, call your spiritual father, move back there, and go from a pulpit to a pew and a cubicle. And in that season, God massaged my heart. And what he did in that time was, he said, I want you to begin writing and they let me write. They said, if you have any free time, which I don't know how that is in ministry, but I have free time. And they said, you can type up stuff that you want to do. So I started promoting and putting stuff in to the ministry to do stuff. And they were like, nah, we're not going to do that. God says, put that in a file. He said, he's, I was going to you want to do this? They said, nah, put that in a file. He want to do this? Nah, put that in a file. And I'm doing like this, just typing. I'm not doing none of what I'm talking about. It's just stuff coming to me so fast. All of a sudden, God called us to plant a church. God said, open the file. See, sometimes God will pull you away from some stuff because where you are, you can't be fruitful and maximize it because you got too much going on to put time into it like God has called you to put time into it, but God will sometimes take you backwards 
which really God's backwards, backwards in man's eyes is forward in God's eyes because backwards is really just God putting you in a slingshot and holding you back. You think you're going backwards, but you didn't realize that God was just pulling it and Pulling is painful, pulling is hurtful, pulling is frustration. But when God lets you go, pruning is productive. One of the things I want you to do in understanding this is don't mistake a lot of fruit for quality. <laughs> That's one thing the gardener never does. He says, just because you have a lot of this doesn't mean all of this is healthy. So what he does is he'll go through and he'll begin pulling and I've been through that. I got another story. So about seven years ago, I'm hearing you know, we started the ministry. I'm excited. You know, 13 years ago, but seven years ago, you know, I got my little, little platform. You know, I'm on this board and I'm on that board and I get to do this and I get to do that and I get to do all this. And, and the Lord came to me and said, sit down and write down everything you're doing. I said, like, oh, cool. You know, God about to blow this thing up some more. <laughs> blah, blah. So I started writing this stuff down. And as I'm writing this stuff down, it's 20 things. And God said, get rid of that. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you raised that up. Nah, because everything good ain't what I called you to do. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. And what was left was three or four things. Holy Spirit was like, now we cooking with grease. And guess what? <clears throat> When I pulled all of the stuff off my plate that shouldn't have been on it, even though it was good stuff, it wasn't God stuff, I had more energy for the things that were in my core callings versus spreading myself thin for everything and everybody else. <laughs> Notice the movement of the text though. I want you to look at the movement of the text, verse two. It says, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it may produce more fruit it went from some fruit to more fruit that's stage one stage two look at verse eight it says my father is glorified by this <coughs> that you produce much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So it goes from some fruit to more fruit to much fruit. But between some fruit is pruning. Then between more fruit and much fruit, guess what it is? Pruning. Let me explain something to you, family. You never graduate from pruning. Let me see if I can. Y'all looking at me funny. Looking at me funny. When you've been through as much as I've been through and I'm going through, you think you deserve a break today like McDonald's. But God says, I'm still at work. Because pain isn't a pause. Pain is purification for more depth. So now you have to learn how to embrace your pruning. 
Instead of complaining, instead of cussing, instead of fussing, instead of grumbling, you ought to lift your hands because there's a harvest coming in your life in a season you don't see right now. Let me see if I can make it plain. <laughs> there, was a, there was a village that had a garden, all the gardening and all of the agriculture near a volcano. Volcano erupted, destroyed all their crops. They got to understand they depended on this for their livelihood and, and their lives. But they were frustrated because they had lost everything. So they had to go back to the drawing board, figure things out. But what ended up happening was a few seasons later. See, they didn't know that volcanic dust when it settles into dirt and the water creates deep minerals. When it gets in the crust of the soil, it makes some of the most rich, fertile soil that you ever want to produce some of the best fruit and vegetables and harvest that you ever want to see. But they didn't know that it had to go through an eruption before it would be as fruitful as it would have been. And all of a sudden, they began to till the ground and they began to plant with tears in their eyes, wondering what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, all of this fruit started popping up out of the ground. All of these things started popping up out of the ground and people from everywhere wanted to shop from them because of the depth of soil that their fruit was planted in. Y'all don't know when to shout. I wish I had 33 people that understood this. God is taking you through some catastrophic stuff right now in your life. And all he's doing is he's burning out the stuff that he doesn't want in your life. He's pruning away some stuff. He never meant to be in your life. He's burning it away and he's pushing it out. But at the same time, he's putting some mineral rich spiritual might into the very place that he burnt you away is the same place he'll make you fruitful. Oh, you don't know when to shout. I'm telling you right now, God always makes you fruitful where he hurts you. He wants you to have plush finances. He wants you to have, that doesn't mean rich, it means stewarded, amen. He wants you to love one another in a plush way. He wants you to have plush commitment. He wants you to have plush sacrifice. I'm gonna say that one more again, because I know we don't like that. He wants us to have plush sacrifice. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants you to have plush change. Everything, whether you know it or not, He's for you. <laughs> we said it again. He's for you. Anything, I'm done. You, 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 like you don't get, Jesus, Jesus, the Bible says, suffered much pain. But what's interesting about Jesus is Jesus saw his death on the cross as pruning us of our unhealthiness. <laughs> then he was put in the grave, buried. First Corinthians 15 calls him a seed. Help me today. And he went into the ground. See, if I had a Baptist church, I'd go that direction. 
and he was quiet all day Friday. And he was in the grave after he died. Yeah, He is in the grave one more night. But only Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. I'm so glad that he died for me. I'm so glad that he chained me. I'm so glad that he made a way out of no way. Sometimes he'll cut you. Sometimes he'll burn you. But if you hold on for a little while longer, you'll bear fruit. You'll bear fruit, much fruit, and more fruit. I know you're sad. I know you're angry. But God's going to take good care of you. Know what it makes me say in my spirit when I see it? I know he's all right. Y'all know he's all right. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, God. We honor you. That you're a purposeful God. No matter what you prune away from us, you're working and you're taking care of us. Oh, my God. I know for some of us, God, it's so hard to see. See it for what it is, but you're a good God. You do good work, although confusing. You do it. Maybe you're here today and you've never met this Savior, this Jesus. He put his life, not just on the line, he gave it. He wasn't pump faking when he gave his life. He fully gave his life. And he died a brutal death to pay for our sin, which is God's wrath pulled out and poured out on us as sinners. But he got up on the third day to redeem us, to redeem us from the guilt of our sin and from the penalty of our sin. If you're here today, if you're here today and you've never placed your confidence in Jesus Christ, hold your hand up in the air because if you put your trust in him by faith, you go from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. Anyone here today that wants to say yes to Jesus, hold your hand up. Hit the balcony on the floor. We want to serve you by serving you the glory of the gospel. (laughs) Anyone today says, yes, I heard that and I want to place my confidence in Jesus Christ, his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave for my life to be different. If you're here today, hold your hand out. Amen. Well, this next one is for believers. If you know God is pruning you and or you're resisting pruning, I want to pray for you because let me tell you something. Who God uses greatly, he prunes deeply. I want to pray for you because some of you, thank you for coming, sis.
without a bunch of pumping and priming. If you know, you know God is snipping away at you and you're holding on to what he's cutting. I want to pray for you. Thank you for coming, brother. Thank you. I see your brothers coming. I see y'all coming. God is saying, I want more for you. God is saying, I want more for you. I'm preparing you for more. I'm preparing you for the more. I'm preparing you for the more. I want more. I want much. I want more. I want, to, I want you to go from some fruit to more fruit to much fruit. God is for you, family. And the fact that you're feeling that pain lets you know and let <clears throat> me know and should let all of us know that God is so committed to us that even if we're mad at him, he'll, he'll cut us. Some of the best people in your life are those who tell you the truth even though you don't want to hear it. What more is God than an accountability partner? He's more than that. He's your God. And what he's cutting at and what he's working on, anybody else, what he's cutting at and what he's working on is for your good. Anyone else in here today? God wants change. He demands it. If you're his, he just does that. Anyone else today that says, I'm down for God doing some work on me. I know I've been stagnant. I know I've been fighting. Because see, this is not just for the person that's out in some sin and stuff. It's even for the Christian that knows their walk has hit a stalemate. See, it's easier for you to hide because you will have a lot of self-righteousness about it. But God is like, no, nah, I'm not pleased with where you are because I got more for you. <laughs> Father God, disturb us. It's a crazy prayer. Disturb us in our slumbers to remain the same. Disturb us in our commitment to not going to the next season of growth. Got to declare I'm sick of preachers talking so much to people about financial seasons and not soul seasons. God, if people can get more stuff and not be what you want to be, stuff doesn't make us you do. God, I pray for a breakthrough. A breakthrough. A breakthrough of real Christianity. A breakthrough of real Christ-likeness. A breakthrough of real commitment. A breakthrough of real change. <laughs> the crazy thing about being pruned, God, that is frustrating and confusing is many times when you prune us, it's not necessarily always something we're doing wrong in our life. It's just God is saying, enough of this season. I got another for you. Lord God, help us. Help us, God. Help us, God, to understand what that means by submitting to the shearer's cutting. God, I pray that your people, their prayer life would change. That they would pray for things that they wouldn't normally pray for because it has to do with your way of thinking, not man's. <laughs> God, you said if 
We remain in you and your word remains in us. We can ask for whatever we want it. But that, ha- that happens through pruning, not through dreaming. <laughs> and so God, every person knows what they're dealing with. Arrest them there. For the person that says, I know something's amok, can you give me clarity? Look, I give them a breakthrough. And Lord God, it may not happen right after this prayer. Lord God, it may take your people some time, but I'll just pray that they would just focus and not lose heart that you're at work. Let me say that again, Lord, that they would focus and not lose heart of the fact that you love them and that you're working on them for their good and for your glory and for others. God, we thank you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Let's give God a big hand praise for what he's going to do. Yes. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.